In a stunning turn of events, conservatives and Trump supporters who brought a thin blue line flag to a rally in support of the police threw it to the ground and stomped all over it in the mud before throwing the tarnished flag into the street in front of cops as they drove by. Many of these people were yelling things like F the blue and F the police. And I was really shocked to hear a conservative, a person I believe may be a proud boy, yelling F the police. Conservatives shocked that the police actually protected and defended Antifa when these individuals aren't riding, aren't smashing any property, and have never done so, for the most part. There was an incident where Proud Boys burned a Black Lives Matter banner, though they alleged that it was actually the left that tore the banner down. They just destroyed it. But for the most part, Proud Boys, Patriot Prayer and the right don't go around smashing up businesses and don't generally create a problem for local businesses and local order. These individuals, right wing and conservative, being confronted by the police in this way for the first time was shocking to many of them. And now they're saying many of the things we've heard from the left. The police are losing what little support they had left. And boy, is this a mistake. There's no longer an argument that cops are just trying to keep us safe and have to deal with unruly crowds. When Antifa was going around destroying small businesses, I, of course, criticized Antifa for doing so. But the Proud Boys and the right wing individuals that are out marching aren't destroying any businesses. So why are the police firing pepper balls at them? Why are they protecting Antifa? It's hard to say other than they're just doing their job as it was, and they don't care if they're following unconstitutional laws or not. Now, listen, I have no pro- I have no problem being critical of police when they fire impact rounds or munitions at peaceful protesters. And it's happened. I also have no criticism for police when they use crowd control measures against violent riots. The problem arises when anyone, either left or right, is being attacked or, or dispersed by cops when they did not do anything. Now, there's, there's a lot of nuance here. If Antifa has a history of going around smashing things and the police move in, it's hard to know who's being honest with you. Did Antifa try and initiate some kind of conflict so the police dispersed them? When it comes to the right, you're not going to win that argument. Conservatives do not protest for the most part. And when they do, they certainly don't go around smashing things. But here we are. I want to read for you this thread. But there's so much more to this story. Longtime conservatives talking about the enforcement of psychotic lockdowns, not just in the U.S. Ezra Levant of The Rebel in Canada posted a video of Canadian police going to someone's home because they had six people in it because the neighbors ratted on them. And they they actually arrested one of these guys. One of the people at this house was dragged out of the home. People are screaming. And this longtime conservative and longtime defender of, of the police actually put out a tweet saying that he will not be supporting the police any longer. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'll read you his exact tweet. Now we're hearing from Republican Rep. Louis Gohmert that with a judge's ruling, he has no standing to sue so that the election results will be changed. He says the ruling is effectively saying the only thing conservatives should do is go out and be as violent as Antifa or Black Lives Matter. And now you can see where this is where we're all headed. Recently, we heard the mayor of Portland condemn Antifa by name. Well, Antifa's not going anywhere. They're going to continue their riots and their violence. But now these governments and these police have made sure they have no support whatsoever. And beyond that, they made sure 
that conservatives will actually seek to defy them as they enforce unconstitutional edict. The police will have no support as calls for them to be defunded occur, and the police will have no support come January 6th when right wing individuals and left wing individuals show up. We've already seen the videos of the Boogaloo boys shaking hands with Antifa. Is it possible now that Antifa realizes the opportunity with angry conservatives who are pointing the finger at the police, the opportunity to say, "Okay, you guys do your thing and then swoop in and take advantage? Could the same be said about the right who now says, you know what, we're not going to bother Antifa, let them do their thing. The cops aren't on our side. The right has turned on the police, and I think we can expect things to get particularly spicy. Let me go through all this news for you, though, and show you what's going on with Republicans saying maybe it's time to get as violent, you know, saying that people are being effectively told to get violent. And I'll show you what these individuals, these right wing individuals did with this flag. Crazy stuff. Before we get started, Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. i got a P.O. box if you want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. And boy, this one's more important than ever. To see the police lose the support of right-wing individuals, of conservatives, is one of the most shocking turns of events I have seen in these past several years. And it is the biggest indicator that we are headed towards some kind of, I don't know, conflict, calamity, catastrophe. The establishment elites have almost no support at this point. Nancy Pelosi's home gets vandalized. Nobody on the right is defending Mitch McConnell anymore, for the most part. There's now reports that a bunch of senators are planning on rising up and objecting to the electoral count vote to defy Mitch McConnell because they say he's a poor leader who would not back the president. It's all breaking apart. It's going to get, well, spicy. But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let me show you this thread from Ford Fisher, a journalist. He tweets, yesterday, following a pro-Trump anti-lockdown protest in Salem, Oregon, riot police fired sting balls at conservatives and Proud Boys who refused to step back while trying to confront counter-protesters. In fact, in this video, there's one guy who says, this guy fired at me as I was backing up. Amazing. That's something we hear from the left all the time. Now, listen, there's a difference between anti-fascists, you know, anti-fa, I don't want to call it anti-fo, you go there, and, and rioters, and the police start firing at the crowd because they're not backing up, and then they get mad that they were, they were fired upon, but these groups, well, they riot. Conservatives? Cops had no reason to do any of this. The cops could have just moved forward, and that would have been the end of it, but they started firing at these people. This is crazy. Ford says, in the moments before the sting ball incident, portions of the right wing crowd, including Proud Boys, came across a group of counter protesters identified as Antifa and began chanting F Antifa before police stepped in between. Folks on the right got particularly agitated as two of the BLM counter protesters made their way around the police line, one with a paintball gun and one with a firearm. What the F is going on? Asked one. Remove this man right now, he ordered cops who didn't listen. Police charged at the right wingers as a fight seemingly broke out in the distance. Officers deployed tear gas and at least one flash grenade and made a single arrest of a right winger toward the end of this clip. Just tell them we're Antifa and they'll give us. Well, they'll take <laughs> they'll service us. I'll put it that way. Yelled the conservative angry that one of his comrades was being arrested. Police continue to push towards push forward against the right using sting balls and tear gas. No more backing the blue one yelled at them. F the blue. Originally, this sweatshirt reading back the blue PDX with a thin blue line was brought in support of officers by the right. 
By the end of the rally in Salem, Oregon, they were trying to burn it. As the police dispersed, the right wingers took turns stepping on the thin blue line flag they had originally brought to support the cops. You have been declared to be treasonists. Only one punishment for treason. F the blue. In an amazing look at this. In this clip, you can see the man take the the, the tarnished flag from the ground and just throw it into the street as cops drive by. What little support police actually had is fading. Now, many of you may be familiar with Michael Malice. He's been on my IRL podcast several times. He's a pretty smart dude. He's a funny guy on Twitter. He trolls a lot. And people fall for it. But on my show on the IRL podcast, he said that he believes all police are criminals and he's tweeted as much. Now, Michael, I, I believe is, well, I don't want to ascribe his political beliefs. So you can check out the IRL podcast. He's been on several times. But he basically said the unconstitutional and unlawful enforcement actions taken by police or the unconstitutional unlawful decrees by these governors are letters to Santa without men and women with badges to enforce them. Today, he tweets, it's happening. Cue the Ron Paul meme as Ezra Levant, a prominent Trump supporter and conservative tweets. I'm sorry. This video is the tipping point for me. For 48 years, I have been pro-police, almost fanatically so. I cannot say that anymore. I know there are still good cops out there. Some are my friends. But as the violent enforcer of the lockdown, I no longer support them. Ezra is showing this video. He says there were six people in a house in Gatineau, Canada. A neighbor snitched. Police went in Gestapo style, assaulting citizens. So yeah, every lockdown politician who made this monstrous world and then tries to sneak away to Florida or Hawaii, F you. Interestingly, he does go on to say, I will not take out my rage against the cops because then I will wind up dead. So I will focus my rage on their bosses, the lockdown politicians, especially the cheaters like Tracy Allard and Joe Hargrave. Maybe I'm impotent. Maybe they're immune to consequence. We'll see. He goes on to say, you can join me. I'm not a fan. It's the police. They're oath breakers. Now, in Canada, I don't believe they swear an oath to the Constitution. So what made the United States so great? A constitution. The guarantee that our rights are bestowed upon us by our creator and not granted to us by a government. And police officers, for the most part, swear an oath to uphold the Constitution. They do. I've heard it several times from uh, police and police families, but I actually looked it up. Yes, they do swear an oath to the Constitution. These officers are in complete violation of the Constitution. Now, there are, there are questions about reasonable limitations and Supreme Court opinion on what constitutes violating the Constitution. But I will assure you, the lockdown edicts are not statutory law and defy the First Amendment, period. Now, there are many people for a long time who've said, doesn't matter, the Second Amendment has always been infringed. It says shall not be infringed, and there are tons of laws infringing upon it. But it is true that the Constitution is, we have a Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court says, here are the rules and limitations. Your interpretation of infringed versus the Supreme Courts. And then we follow the Supreme Court. But it is undeniable. When you have people trying to go to church and we have a right to peaceably assemble and worship and the police say no, that's when things get crazy. January 6th, the Proud Boys will be in D.C. incognito, they say. The Hill reports the Proud Boys will attend the Washington, D.C. rallies for Trump on January 6th incognito, with leaders of the group saying they will dress in all black to mimic the attire of anti-fascist groups and counter-protesters. Could it be 
That is Antifa fights with cops and conservatives no longer care to support them. And as these police seemingly defend a broken system or system that conservatives feel is broken, and I would argue is actually broken, sure. Is it possible that you just get one mass of Antifa, even if some of them actually are proud boys, they don't care. Their intention is to disrupt and they're going to be standing side by side with Antifa. Perhaps how will Antifa know who is who? So when the fighting breaks out with the cops, I can only imagine it's one group versus one group, not two. Now, Rep. Louis Gohmert, he's a Republican. He said this ruling as his lawsuit was, was rejected is essentially telling people they have to be as violent as BLM or Antifa. Is it possible that's why we see the Proud Boys deciding to do something like this? Here's the story, and this ties into what's happening with this ongoing legal action and the objections. The New York Times reports federal judge dismisses election lawsuit against Pence. President Trump's congressional allies had hoped to give the vice president the power to reject electoral votes that were cast for Joseph R. Biden Jr. They say Judge Jeremy D. Kernodal of the Eastern District of Texas ruled that Republican lawmakers led by Rep. Louis Gohmert of Texas lacked the proper standing to sue Mr. Pence in the matter. The lawsuit challenged the more than century old law that governs the Electoral College process in an attempt to expand an otherwise ceremonial role into one with the power to reject electoral votes that were cast for Mr. Biden. As the presiding officer of the Senate, Mr. Pence has the responsibility of opening and tallying envelopes sent from each state and announcing their election results when Congress meets on January 6th to certify Mr. Biden's victory. Mr. Gohmert, along with his colleagues and electors in Arizona, had hoped the lawsuit filed on Sunday could force Mr. Pence to take on an expanded role, opening the vice president up to pressure to invalidate the election results. But Judge Kernodal, who was appointed by Mr. Trump, dashed those hopes on Friday. Though Mr. Gohmert said in an interview with Newsmax that his lawyers would appeal, his decision came a day after the Justice Department asked him uh, asked him to reject the lawsuit. The department also argued that Mr. Gohmert did not have standing to sue Mr. Pence over performing the duties as defined by the act, but maintained that he should sue Congress, which had passed the original law. Perhaps that's the answer. And now we see Louis Gohmert's response. Now, this is a tweet from Aaron Rupar. Aaron often pulls things out of context, and he's pretty notorious for it. But he tweets, Louis Gohmert on Newsmax, quote, but if the bottom line is the court is saying, quote, we're not going to touch this, you have no remedy. Basically, in effect, the ruling would be that you got to go to the streets and be as violent as Antifa and BLM. Gohmert says that if Congress doesn't overturn Trump's election loss, quote, it will mean the end of our republic, the end of the experiment in self-government. Maybe. But Mike Pence himself has already rejected this from CNN. Pence asks judge to reject Gohmert lawsuit, asking the VP to interfere in the Electoral College count. Sorry, you're not going to be getting what you think you're going to be getting. Mike Pence is not going to stand up and defy the system. Donald Trump, in my opinion, will not be winning any constitutional process to be president. Now, as many state attorneys general start ramping up criminal probes into Trump, I have to wonder if Donald Trump is going to choose to fight or surrender. If Trump does just eventually give up, he'll, I, I believe it's possible he will be arrested at the state level. Now, in the past, there were concerns as to whether he would be arrested at the federal level. So I'll clarify. I really don't see Joe Biden going after Trump in that capacity. The same as Trump didn't go after Hillary. But at the state level, you have zealots. They hate Trump. These are deep blue states, and they may very well go after him. They're trying to. If Trump leaves office, 
I believe they will likely go after him. Will Trump say I've got nothing to lose and fight? Or will he just give up? There are reports that the Secret Service is going to be adding detail to the presidential detail, adding individuals, agents, because of fears that some of these agents are loyal to Trump. But many have said this is not true. There's no significant changes or they make changes like this all the time and it's all just hype. But I'll tell you, Mike Pence is an establishment guy. He's always been, okay? He's rather quiet. He's Indiana governor. He's an establishment guy. Trump wasn't supposed to win, but he did. And for several years, the establishment elites were quite upset by it. I want to point out something to all of you. Build back better. It's the slogan of the Great Reset. It's been pushed by many in Europe. Joe Biden has a buildbackbetter.gov, apparently. Why is a European slogan for their plan being used by an American incoming president? Well, because maybe Gomert is correct. The experiment in self-governance has come to an end. I mean, very smart people have said that we're in danger. We're in dire straits. We had uh, Peak Prosperity on the IRL podcast. You may be familiar with him. He's a PhD doctor. And uh, he was telling us that our, our planet's being depleted. Resources are being run dry. And these elites who have caused the problems want to extract more, but need to make sure that we stop. Long story short, it seems like they want to be able to fly around the world and do whatever they want. And if we run out of resources, the only way they can do it is if they stop us from using it so they can have what's left. That's the general idea. But I think it's fair to point out that there is something wrong with everything that's been happening on this planet for quite some time in terms of rapid and expansive growth that doesn't seem to end. Now, I believe in freedom, and I think there's a very serious challenge when it comes to how you deal with you know, individuals, their ability to live, have families and grow and expand. And if it really was true, the planet was in trouble, as they say, in a variety of ways, not just resource depletion, but climate change, ocean acidification, etc. Then you'd think these people would be the first to put their money where their mouth is. But they're not. These are the elites who claim that we have to all pitch in. We're all in this together. And then in every possible way, they lie, cheat and steal. What did we see in COVID lockdown? We see... Newsom, go out to eat. Whitmer getting her hair done. Pelosi getting her hair done. Lori Lightfoot getting her hair done. Andrew Cuomo, Bill de Blasio enforcing unconstitutional edict. We're all in this together, they say. But we're not. They clearly aren't. They can do whatever they want. And then we can look at the climate change promoters, the individuals who have been the staunchest advocates for doing something about climate change. And what do they do? Fly around on private jets and buy beachfront property. But if the ocean levels are going to be rising, who would want beachfront property? That seems to make no sense. And therein lies the break in trust. I'd like to believe that we can all come together to help save this planet. I think it's it's visible in certain way, in certain areas where you can see that humans have caused expansive uh, ex- expanding damage to the planet in a variety of ways. But if the elites who are saying it will defy their own rules and restrictions and orders, why would anyone believe them? Worse still, is the main point of this video. The fact that there are police who will break the Constitution with a smile on their face and laugh as they put the boot on your neck. Now, there's a variety of reasons they do it. I think the main reason is simply they can see the other side. They can see what it's like for people who have no jobs, whose businesses have been destroyed. And they think to themselves, I can choose to be the person with no money who's desperate, or I can choose to be 
essentially immune to get a paycheck and to be above the law, to boot stomp and beat individuals who have been destroyed by this and just not care. And that's why we see it all over the world. I should say throughout history, most notably what we saw with fascists and the totalitarians in the past hundred years. I'm not just going to play to World War II Germany. I mean, you look at communist China and you look at Russia. There are individuals who are in the guard, in the army, and they say, better, better you than me. And now we're here. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Why? Well, we have a constitution that guarantees our rights. The only problem is these police officers will absolutely stomp all over you. Just stomp all over you if it means they stay safe. And it's creepy and it's scary and it gets even scarier. I'd like to show you this Assembly Bill A416 with a warning to the left and the right about what the New York State Senate is proposing. This is not law. It has not been passed. It is Assembly Bill A416. And I'm reading this to you from nysenate.gov. I am not making this up. I am showing you an actual assembly bill that is currently in committee. It is a long way to go before it becomes law. We can see last bill status. It was introduced. It is in committee. It has not gone on the floor calendar. It has not passed the Senate and, uh, and the assembly. It has not been delivered to, governor, to the governor. It has not been signed, vetoed by the governor. This bill is A416 relating to the removal of cases, contacts, and carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to public health. To put it simply, this bill is proposing the ability of New York State to detain individuals who may or may not be dangerous to public health. May be? That's what they say. I believe they've changed some of the language, but may be. Let me read it for you. Section 1. The public health law is amended by adding a new section— 2120 to read as follows. Section 2120A, removal and detention of cases, contacts, and carriers who are or may be a danger to public health. Other orders. One, the provisions of this section shall be utilized in the event that the governor declares a state of health emergency due to an epidemic or any communicable disease. May be. Do you know what that means? You might not be a threat now, but we're worried you will be. Perhaps you're an individual who, I don't know, went to a party and didn't wear a mask. Well, we don't know if you have the virus, but you may be a threat. You must be removed. Amazing. They say, too, upon determining by clear and convincing evidence, the health of others is or may be endangered by a case contact or carrier contact. Do you get it now? Or suspected case contact or carrier of a contagious disease that in the opinion of the governor, after consultation with the commissioner, may pose an imminent and significant threat to the public health, resulting in severe morbidity or high mortality. The governor or his or her delegate, a delegate, including but not limited to the commissioner or the heads of local health departments, may order the removal and or detention of such a person or of a group of such persons by issuing a single order identifying such persons either by name or by a reasonably specific description of the individuals or group being detained. Such person or group of persons shall be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor or his or her delegate and complying with subdivision five of this section. A person or group removed or detained by order of the governor or his or her delegate pursuant to subdivision two of the section shall be detained for such a period and in such a manner as the department may direct in accordance with this section. 
an indeterminate amount of time. You may come into contact with someone that determines you may be a danger. We don't know, but we do have evidence that you were maskless at a large party with other people. Therefore, they have they are they are trying to pass a law to allow them to remove you. Have you been paying attention to what's been going on? New York wants the authority to remove people who may be threats to public health. And guess what? Many establishment leftists will say, but we have to stop the pandemic. We do. But at what cost? Michael Malice said, as I mentioned, there's no law uh, too depraved that these individuals, these police officers won't enforce. What happens when the police are told that you are a contagious carrier that must be removed? Do you think they'll question it? Do you think they'll say, you know, we better protect this individual's constitutional rights? Or is this not the perfect reason to remove undesirables? The question I have for you and everyone, I don't care if you're left or right. The question I have is, when you read 1984, when you watched V for Vendetta or Brave New World or Fahrenheit 451, did you think that one day you would wake up and the news would just announce the authoritarian dictatorship was here? And oh, no, now we must fight back. No, of course not. Of course, there would be large propaganda campaigns. And of course, there would be an excuse. And in this case, there actually is an emergency. COVID is serious. A lot of people have died from it. But this is certainly not the answer. Locking down innocent people's businesses and destroying them over a year is not the answer. I know I mentioned earlier on, there is, there are serious problems occurring on this planet. But do we trust the despots who would seek powers, totalitarian powers, to remove you on flimsy evidence? Do you trust those people? No, I don't. This is not the answer. And this is how scary things are going to be getting. Now, as I stated, this is just in committee. It hasn't gone anywhere and it very well may fall. But the only way we stop things like this is by calling them out and catching them early. Otherwise, I'll warn you, conservatives, those who live in upstate New York and who live in western New York and northwestern New York. So if this passes, it's only a matter of time before someone who doesn't like you, a politician says, oh, that guy, yeah, he's sick, go arrest him. And then you'll see it. We're dangerously close, my friends. Chris Hahn, let's see, who is this? He's got a viral tweet, 25,000 retweets. The aggressive progressive radio host as seen on TV. He said, any member of the House of Representatives that votes against accepting the election results from their home state, the very same process that elected them should not be seated in the 117th Congress. Seditious GOP, RT, if you agree. Where do we go from here? When you have New York violating people's constitutional rights, as confirmed by the Supreme Court opinion on what they've done, setting up checkpoints and destroying people's businesses, all to slow the spread, say, the authoritarian desperates, the bootlickers on the left. Where do we go when the left says, don't seat the House of Representatives that are using their constitutional authority under Article 2 of the Constitution to challenge the election results. They say, don't seat them. I say, fine. Perhaps the peaceful divorce is the only way out of this. If New York, California, and Illinois are so scared of the virus, by all means, let these states have their lockdowns. And it is incumbent upon you to get out while you can. After hearing what New York is proposing, if you choose to stay and they do come and detain you, Whose fault is it? I mean it. Some might say, Tim, I can't move. I can't afford it. I didn't say life was easy. A lot of people might say, Tim, you're lucky. You're, you're well off. 
I was homeless several times in my life. And I chose to leave and I slept outside on numerous occasions or lived in a car briefly. I chose to get out and find a better path. And it isn't easy. And I know I was young. I didn't have a family. But if you are sitting there in New York right now and you are watching what they are proposing and seeing what's going on and you say, I'm just going to stick around. Okay. Not to use an old cliche, but there are a lot of people in Germany in World War II, who saw the signs and got out while they could. I don't know where you can go at this point. The whole planet is getting locked up. But it's at the very least, you can get away from places like New York, California, where the lockdowns have become psychotically draconian and where they're now proposing to detain you if you may be a threat due to contact. Think about it. That bill being proposed, it couldn't mean that a mailman came to your house and dropped off a box. Oh, that mailman got sick. So we need to detain you because you might get sick too. Don't give them an unconstitutional reason. Don't give them a reason at all to do this. But it's going to happen soon. What do you do? I don't think Donald Trump is going to be able to win because it's not just Donald Trump. It's the whole machine he's fighting against. And I don't believe he has the support or the power to do so. But I'll tell you, when you see European leaders all saying build back better over and over again, and then Joe Biden steps up and repeats them, and you get a .gov using a European slogan for the Great Reset or whatever their plan is, you have to wonder what's really going on in this country. Maybe it's too late. I don't know for sure. I don't know what people are going to do, but I know that the right is pushing back on police and the system is at risk. System's probably already broken, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. over at youtube.com forward slash Timcast News. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. I guess we'll just see what happens in four days. Adios. I'm pretty sure there were many Trump supporters who thought when push came to shove, police officers would stand for their oath to the Constitution and defend the constitutional rights of the citizenry. Many of these individuals are now getting a rude awakening as Trump supporters and anti-lockdown protesters marched in several states And the police attacked them. I'll tell you, one of the craziest things is a photo of a guy who appears to be throwing back some kind of tear gas or smoke bomb of some sorts. And it's (laughs) a right wing dude. I didn't expect to see this anytime soon. It's typically what you see from the left when they fight cops. But now that Trump supporters and many right wing individuals who are opposing the lockdowns are coming out and saying, you don't have a right to do this to governors. They're learning the cops don't care. Now, I've heard from some people that many of these, many of the good cops have quit. It's actually true. There's been a mass exodus from various police forces. Cops who don't want to enforce these laws, don't want to be in these places and are not getting support from the government. So what do you end up with? Let me ask you something. If you have police officers, okay, during the George Floyd riots, they're screaming defund the police in your face. So these cops quit and say, I've got no support. Nobody wants us here. Fine, we're gone. If you have unconstitutional edict and you have officers saying, I'm not going to enforce that. And they say, well, then you can quit. Okay, fine. I quit. Who do you think is left? The people who say, I don't care about any oath of the Constitution. The people who say, I don't care if people like me or not. Give me that sweet paycheck. I'm sure there are a lot of cops that are thinking to themselves, I can see the other side the people who've lost their jobs. I can see those marching in the streets because their businesses have been shut down and they're desperate. 
And I'll be damned if I'll be one of them. Give me the money so I'll put down the boot. That's what they're doing. These people don't care about you. They don't care about your rights. I think it's really funny, too, because the left is now tweeting at me like the right wingers are starting to realize the police are bad or whatever. And it's like, bro, I've ragged on police many times. Okay, I just don't think all cops are bad. That's a stupid statement. We can talk about institutions of policing that have corruption problems. We can talk about cops getting away with things because people are scared to go against them, to, to snitch on them, as it were. But for the most part, I've met good cops. I've been saved by good cops. I've been helped by them. I've had reasonable cops pull me over before and just say, you know, like, I'll tell you this, man, I've had bad cops pull me over. I have good cops pull me over because they're people. And it's just the way life is. Not a fan uh, for the most part. I think we need police reform. And now more than ever, I think we are in serious trouble. Here's a story from the Daily Mail. MAGA fans clash with cops in protests across the country as Trump claims Georgia runoffs are illegal and invalid because of the unconstitutional voting process. Now, we'll get to the Georgia portion of this in a minute. The most important thing I think y'all need to see is these Trump supporters coming out demanding that everything get reopened, that their, their businesses be allowed to come back. In many jurisdictions, they've actually won court cases. I think in Texas, the, the governor or the state government is stopping Austin from locking down. And why are these cities locking down anyway? We've seen in New York, for instance, that transmission rates from restaurants is like 1%. And then you have in-home, I believe in-home has actually been higher. So the argument is, when you have big box stores like Target and Walmart, and they're open, and everyone has to go to a centralized store, you're increasing transmission. Are you nuts? This is a point that I brought up. Many people have brought up, actually. If you allow a mom and pop boutique shop to be open, when someone says, I need to go buy flowers, they interact with what, three or four people? But what happens if someone needs to buy flowers and you've closed all the small businesses down? Now everyone's going to Walmart and the person who needs flowers is bumping into the guy who's buying milk. That's just going to increase transmission, centralizing. This makes no sense. And it's funny, too. I love the out of context clips that you that see people fly around. You know, they'll, they'll take quotes from me out of context, claim that I'm insulting doctors and nurses for celebrating the, the arrival of the vaccine, which is just 100 percent false. I'm criticizing doctors and nurses who are dancing when people are crying as their loved ones die. Imagine dancing at a funeral. But anyway, I, dig I digress. My criticism for Antifa is that they were burning down they were smashing small businesses. They, these rioters, not, not necessarily Antifa, but the rioters in Minneapolis destroyed the dream bar of a local firefighter. And I say, if you're going to go around smashing up small businesses, you're the bad guy. In Seattle, they smashed up like a, a local electronics store and then threw all of the products in the middle of the street. Well, what are you doing, man? This is not a, this is not a massive corporation. It's some dude trying to live his life and run a small business. They don't care. Apparently, they torched the goods in the middle of the street. Now, I tell you this. It's not just Antifa that has put the boot on the neck of the small business owner, of the regular, innocent, working class person just trying to survive. It's the cops. The Daily Mail says MAGA fans have taken to the streets in Oregon and California to show their support for Trump and to protest lockdown orders put in place amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Hundreds of anti-lockdown protesters were seen in Salem, Oregon on Thursday afternoon, many of whom were waving Trump flags as they urged officials to reopen businesses. Police declared the event unlawful 
and dispersed protesters with impact munitions and flashbang grenades after the group refused to leave downtown. I will say this for the Trump supporters, the same as I did for Antifa on the left. When they show up in Portland holding hands and singing Kumbaya and whatever, that's awesome. I actually support that 100%. And I've always supported that. The idea that you have a right to peacefully assemble, peaceably assemble, as per the Constitution, uh, is true and correct. And the police should not be able to fire tear gas and rubber bullets or whatever at you simply because you're standing around. Now, a problem arises when people in that crowd start throwing bricks and Molotovs and water bottles and beans and cans of tuna and stuff like that. I don't know if they're actually throwing tuna cans. I think they were throwing. I'm pretty sure they were throwing beans, though. Now you've got violence popping up. The problem? Well, the cops need to stop it. The person is using the crowd as a human shield and the leftist protesters weren't stopping them. So listen, if you're in a large group and someone throws a brick and you don't stop them, then the police have to stop them and they're going to push through you to get to this person because you may be accidentally or inadvertently protecting them. But you know, you know what I say? When the George Floyd protest started, you had a bunch of people show up and go on some bridge and I think it was in Portland and they all just laid down, put their hands behind their back. And I said, awesome. It's exactly what this country is about. I understand this country was founded on violence, revolution, but nonviolent civil disobedience in this day and age is one of the most effective tools for bringing about change. And that's a fact. You can be disruptive. You can get uh, there are studies showing this. We've talked about it, that when you generate attention through nonviolent civil disobedience, people support you. They say they didn't hurt anybody. They came out. They said, here's our cause. The, the press covers it. You hear about it. It's on Twitter. And then you go, OK, when someone starts throwing bricks and Molotovs and, and fuel and explosives like they were doing in Portland, people stop supporting you. They say they're attacking, they're burning things, they're blowing things up. So when the cops come in to stop them, well, then people support the police. What happens now when it's the police who are destroying everything? That's interesting. They say several protesters became angered by the move, uh, by that move, being de- uh, the event being declared unlawful, and were pictured facing off with officers clad in riot gear. Others launched their own smoke grenades and several people were arrested, according to local police. Meanwhile, other protesters assembled outside the gated mansion of Governor Kate Brown, claiming the Democrats lockdown orders were a violation of their liberties. That's a fact. To the south in Pasadena, California, MAGA fans showed their support for Trump as he continues to cry foul about the results of the presidential election. So I'll tell you what's really fascinating. Trump supporters coming with their own smoke bombs. Trump supporters in Oregon Now, now, I've heard conservatives say that wasn't our fault. That was an infiltrator because one of the people at the pro-Trump, it was a rally. It was like waving Trump flags, then blue line flags, very, you know, right wing. Somebody bear bear maced police. And I've heard people say that wasn't conservatives. And I'm like, bro, that's exactly what Antifa says. So if you got a problem with someone bear macing cops at your rally, then you need to stop that person and help the cops arrest them. Just like I said, you got that video out of D.C. from back during the George Floyd riots. Some Antifa guy starts bashing the ground with a hammer to pull up bricks and the protesters grab him and throw him to the police. The cops actually make sure to arrest the right guy and release those who got accidentally caught up in it. See, that is cool. The cops weren't attacking people. The cops took away the dude who was breaking every just smashing things. And the protesters continued their protest. I don't agree with the ideology of many of these protesters. Most most of their ideology, the weird moral authoritarian wokeism. But I certainly agree with their right to protest and nonviolent civil disobedience. Now, you want to talk about clashes with cops specifically. And there's an interesting 
philosophical conundrum. It's one thing if you destroy property. It's one thing if you're destroying public streets. That belongs to all of us. We all contribute to that so we can have it. You can't claim to be advocating for a a commune or community and then destroy what we, the community, actually paid for. But what happens when police are legitimately, legitimately suppressing people's rights? Well, then you get a very serious problem. Oathbreakers, cops who are not upholding the Constitution. In fact, they're trampling all over it. I don't know what you do at that point. I still don't think I'm not. I think violence is not correct. I I believe it's not going to work. But there is a line. There is a line. Uh, I was talking with Vosh on the IRL podcast. You know, this was a month or two ago. And he's a lefty guy. He voted for Biden. Um, he's, he's a, you know, prominent, I believe he's a libertarian socialist. Yes, that's a thing. And he was basically saying there is, of course, there are instances where political violence is justified, say in, you know, World War II Germany, if groups rose up against the establishment, the Nazis and things like that. And he's correct. 100%. We, it would have, we would have been, you know, there, there was resistance there. You ever see the movie Valkyrie? That was cool. People were trying to fight back at a certain point. You must protect, uh, uh, well, I'll put it this way. Law, legality doesn't mean morally correct. And that's where the challenge comes in. If people are actually commit, if these cops are committing crimes and violating the Constitution, what do you do? Now, there's there's an answer I can't give you. I know a lot of people want me to have that answer. I don't know. What I am saying is historically, we can look back and see that sometimes violence happens. And the Civil War was an instance where I think most people agree, most people, that what Abraham Lincoln did was good. As even though it was, I mean, it's that's a tough call, isn't it? Abraham Lincoln, uh, uh, he shut down newspapers. He had no authority to do that. He arrested people, put them in prison for years without charge or trial. And Abraham Lincoln, it was the uh, essentially the initiator of the conflict. Now you can argue history, and I'm not a historian, but the general idea is the the Union troops at Fort Sumner refused to leave, even though these states said they seceded from the Union. So fighting broke out. I guess you can argue that, you know, it was, it was, I believe it was South Carolina that initiated the conflict with the Union soldiers. But I digress. Unions, uh, it was Abraham Lincoln who was stomping all over the Constitution. And we look at that like a good thing. Maybe in 100 years from now, we'll look back at the Constitution being trampled all over today and say it was the right thing. And everyone will just clap and cheer for it, depending on who wins. Abraham Lincoln spat on it, essentially. But for a good cause, right? To prevent the breakup of the union. And there were some interesting uh, conversations and writings about what was right and what was wrong. But it's a tough call. It is. And I would say I fear what's to come next. January 6th is around the corner. I certainly don't believe Trump is going to win. That's just me. And I've said it a million times. But Trump supporters, that's a different picture. I don't know what to expect, but I've talked to people who are adamant that Trump is absolutely going to win. And I said, maybe, but not in any constitutional way. And therein lies the issue. Many people on the right have pointed out Abraham Lincoln violated the Constitution to do what was right to preserve the union. And now they're saying Trump should do the same thing. Look, in these states, in places like New York, the Constitution is mud. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to disparage it. I think it's a fantastic document. And I think this country, the United States, has done a tremendous job of, uh, uh, you know, uh, interpreting it and and trying to progress in certain ways. And we've not we've not been perfect, but we've done a pretty, pretty great job. Lots of amendments in there, you know, that have changed things and made things better. 
But now we're coming to this point where you have states that are acting in complete defiance of the Constitution. New York, California, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, etc. Well, less so Ohio, um, but many of these other states. And they've been ruled against several times. The Supreme Court, I believe, has even ruled against them in some capacities. But they don't care. They just keep doing it. Well, there's the argument. Is it better because we're in a pandemic that to preserve the safety of the union, these leaders come together and defy the Constitution, same as Abraham Lincoln did? Well, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. Or is it more important that Trump stand up defiantly and uh, restore the rights granted to us under the Constitution? Therein lies the big problem, and it's always going to be in an ideological split. In the Civil War, clearly slavery was a big issue that played into the idea of whether states had a right to control their own laws or there was a federal government that could supersede that. But slavery was the principal issue. Now you have the pandemic. And the question is, do you trust the government? This is the serious, the serious problem we're facing. These Trump supporters who are going out clearly do not. Why? It's not their fault. Anthony Fauci was flip-flopping over and over again. And I'm not trying to disparage the guy. I think he's just been wrong a lot. Now, that's okay to a certain degree because we learn things as time goes on. The problem is that Fauci has admitted now on more than one occasion that he was lying. He said in one interview, the reason they weren't telling people to buy masks was because they wanted to make sure they could get the masks first. The healthcare workers would get the masks first. That makes sense. Healthcare workers, are the ones who need the masks more than a regular, you know, somebody who would like say works at home and they didn't want to get them, all of them to get bought up. But you just told people not to trust you because you're probably lying. He then said, you know, the herd immunity number, 60 to 70%, actually it's much higher. I didn't think people could, could, could handle hearing it. And now I think they're ready. He said something to that effect. He also said, it's time to do as you're told. So now you have people saying this dude's been lying. What else has he been lying about? And they're going out and they're protesting. There's a story. I, I, haven't, I don't have it pulled it up so you can fact check me, but like 60% of, of medical workers in Ohio are refusing to get the vaccine because of what they hear in the media, what they trust and don't trust. So what, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you think is going to happen next? You can argue that there's, there's a couple things you can argue. We're facing a pandemic. And I mean, we're, we're in it and hospitals are getting overwhelmed and people are dying left and right. That's not in dispute. There are a lot of people who say, oh, but they're comorbidities. You know, they're really dying of something else. No, 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 they're dying of COVID. And I made this very clear on the, on the IRL show, which is, which is hilarious because the Young Turks did a segment where they lied. And it's like the best they could do is just pretend I said things I didn't say. Because I tweeted, wow, 94, according to CNN, 94% of COVID deaths had comorbidities. That's all I said. And then a lot of people started saying, oh, because they really died from X. No. The way, I, the way I described it is, look, if someone's like, there are a lot of people who are very sick, like renal failure, for instance, like those people probably aren't going to make it, but they get COVID and die and they say it's a COVID death. Right. I, I understand that that's really the line. You know what I mean? Because people are going to be like, come on, man. And there have been instances where people have like died in motorcycle accidents and they had COVID. So they marked, you know, died with COVID or whatever. But comorbidities means they died from COVID exacerbated by, and we know most people who are dying have comorbidities. It's hilarious that that's supposed to, like, the Young Turks would try and twist that to make the claim that I was down playing it around like it wasn't happening. No, my point, as it's always been, is protect the vulnerable. Allow people to open their businesses and work because it doesn't make sense to destroy the lives of regular people because other people are vulnerable. It doesn't make sense. We should double our efforts in protecting the elderly and those with comorbidities, the majority of those who die, and then we should allow regular working class people to get back to work, wear masks, socially distance, 
And then we'll have a balance between protecting, you know, the, 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 trans, the transfer of resources like food and water. You know, if I say the economy, the left goes, but the economy is just Walmart. I mean, I'm sorry, is Wall Street. It's really amazing how these people don't know what economy means. It means household management. It means how do I get food to you? So people are about to be evicted. They're about to lose their homes. They're angry. They're protesting. And the cops are beating them down. You want something really fascinating? I give you our good friends, the Donald Dot Win. This is a post from 13 hours ago where they say, for those of you who aren't aware, Patriot Prayer and Proud Boys had a planned march. Antifa showed up and the cops showed up to protect Antifa and end the march. Antifa is instigating with paintball guns and the cops are protecting Antifa and attacked vets. Police are not on our side. Do not cuck. Top comment says police literally defending Antifa, firing gas on patriots, letting Antifa point guns, the patriots, and won't do an effing thing to stop it. But they will start shoving and pushing the patriots and the vets. One person says oath breakers get what they deserve. They're oath breakers. They're absolutely oath breakers. Now, as for the Georgia thing, Donald Trump tweeted that the election in Georgia was illegal and invalid. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the runoff election coming up. And, you know, let me show you this before I read Patrick Burns tweet. Trump said before even discussing on Friday evening, uh, the hill always auto playing. Trump says before even discussing the massive corruption, which took place in the 2020 election, which gives us far more votes than necessary to win. It must be noted the state legislatures were not in any way responsible for the massive changes made to the voting process, rules and regulations. Many made hastily before the election. And therefore, the whole state election is not legal or constitutional. Additionally, the Georgia consent decree is unconstitutional, and the state 2020 presidential election is therefore both illegal and invalid. And that would include the two current senatorial elections. Now, the reason why he's correct, he's correct in, in, one, in one point that the changes were not made by the legislature. Now, as to whether you want to make a fraud argument, that's, that's something else, okay? And I know a lot of people are sure, but I'm not bringing it up. I'm, I think we need to mention the constitutional process. State legislatures set the terms. If the, if the Supreme Court of these states and the governors change the rules, okay, that's not what our federal constitution permits. Okay, it's an electoral, electoral clause act, section two or whatever. But he brings up the next, the, the current senatorial elections are invalid. Well, the current runoff elections are happening because of the actual election. So if there is an invalidation to the presidential election, it could potentially invalidate the uh, initial senatorial elections. I don't necessarily think so, because you can argue at a federal level, there's rules and regulations how the state legislature can determine its elections. But the state itself determines, you know, their senators. So that's different. Even if they invalidate the existing presidential election at a constitutional level for the federal government, I don't think that would change the rules to the state level, change the rules at the state level for who actually won. So in that capacity, I think Trump is arguably incorrect. But, there, uh, but I, I was saying, what I was trying to clarify when I say it was correct was that the Constitution says state legislatures decide. There's lawsuits going on right now because state legislatures have, uh, have not changed the rules, but governors and courts did. There's an actual excellent constitutional legal challenge there. Now, let's combine these things. Patrick Byrne, who's the former CEO of Overstock, I believe, and a very prominent individual who's tweeting some really crazy things. And honestly, I just don't believe. He said, when Americans learn what I learned this morning from a federally certified forensic document examiner about certain ballots in certain counties in a certain state, they're going to lynch every politician involved in the scheme, starting with a certain governing 
a governor and secretary of state. He corrected governor. Everything has to go through lawyers before release. Sorry, I can only drop you appetizers. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. And I don't I'm not I'm not interested. Listen, I don't I don't know what y'all can expect, but I just keep hearing all this crazy stuff about what's really going to happen. I don't think at a constitutional or legal level, judiciary level, there's going to be changes that help Trump. I do think possibly there are some issues that may arise with Trump supporters marching through the streets. That's the important point. Take a look at this. Maybe I'll maybe I'll talk a little bit more about it later. The Secret Service is making changes to the presidential detail because they're concerned Secret Service members are currently aligned with Trump. There's two there's two trains of thought on this. One is what is going on? Why are they concerned that these these members are aligned with Trump? Is Trump going to stage a coup or something? And other people say this is totally normal. It happens all the time. And these reports like from The Washington Post who originated this are just trying to freak you out. We will see on January 6th. It's a rude awakening for Trump supporters to see what happens when you fight for your rights and the police show up. They'll defend the state. And many people, I mean, many people have been calling that out for some time, including Black Lives Matter and Antifa. The issue is you don't have a right to destroy someone's business. If you want to protest the police, fine. Defunding the police is insane. When you talk about how many unarmed individuals were killed by cops, it's relatively low, according to the Washington Post, Black Lives Matter, and the Wall Street Journal. And so often what I've said is police reform, yes. Police accountability, yes. All cops are not bad, and defunding the police is stupid. If anything, we need more funding for training. In New York City, cops were trying to shoot at some guy, and they shot bystanders because they are poorly trained. But they don't get it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The mayor of Portland has finally come out against Antifa, calling them out by name, saying that they're facing violence from Antifa and anarchist extremists. The mayor of Portland, Mayor Ted Wheeler, says that his attempts at de-escalation have been met with resistance by these groups. It has been seven months. How long now? Longer, as Antifa and other far-left extremists have wreaked havoc on the Portland area. And you know what? Ted Wheeler did nothing. In fact, he actually joined them as they were throwing explosives at the federal building. But now, all of a sudden now, he has issues. Uh Uh-huh. The usefulness of Antifa has expired. They didn't want Trump to win. They wanted to hurt him. And they say, look at all the riots that are happening under Donald Trump's presidency. That was the name of the game. Assume no responsibility, defend Antifa and say Trump's the fascist. Congratulations, Antifa. Here's what you get. They stab you in the back figuratively. They used you to get what they want. And now here you are left holding an empty bag, having supported a criminal establishment elite that will not do anything for you. And oh, do I love the fake progressives, the fake left that would defend Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and insult people like Jimmy Dore. It's so pathetic, isn't it? You can really tell who actually cares about the people and who is actually just grifting the word they love to use so much. Now, what I find truly fascinating in this story is that he actually came out and said Antifa. That's surprising. I can only imagine this will result in more riots. They didn't stop the riots the first time. They kept happening. The district attorney kept cutting these people loose. So what may change now? Finally, now 
The local DA may say we are working with the mayor to end this violent, uh, these violent clashes. Maybe now they'll start prosecuting Antifa and then these people will start showing up in prison. But I want to say something. You know what? I don't care anymore. Actually, at this point, I'm actually on Antifa side on this one. You know why? If the mayor of Portland and the DA want to cut them loose and tell them they can do whatever they want, and people voted for the mayor after that to come back now against the will of the people and to defy Antifa, whom he supported in the past. Well, that is just, let me just say, the deepest circle of hell. The deepest circle of hell is reserved for betrayers and mutineers, as Jack Sparrow said. It's actually, uh, it is those who are disloyal. Look, if you live in New York, if you live in Portland and Seattle, and you defend Antifa, and you voted for politicians who defended Antifa, well, that's your city. Far be it from me to tell you how to live. Because you know what I was thinking, right? I used to live in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area. And that's one of the reasons I was really concerned about Antifa and the riots and the violence. And I left. And like very shortly after I did, riots broke out in Philly. The National Guard got called in. And I was like, well, it's a good thing I don't live in that area anymore. I was on the other side of the river on the Jersey side. And I thought it's safe here because no one's going to cross the bridge. And then they did. That got me worried. You know, I'm seeing all of this violence and chaos in these other cities, thinking to myself, why won't they stop this? But in Philadelphia, what did you get? A bunch of local men, like, you know, between the ages of 25 and, you know, 50, came out to defend a statue of Christopher Columbus from Antifa. So you know what the city did? The city said, well, because of the statue, you know, it's dangerous, we're going to remove it. And they did. And they removed it against the wishes of the community, supporting Antifa. Antifa crossed over the bridge, rioting with other leftist groups like Black Lives Matter. And I said, you know what, man, it's not safe to be here. But now I'm in the middle of nowhere. Now I'm in the middle of nowhere. And I thought to myself, well, there's a couple things. For one, the people who are, who are stuck there, who can't just up and move, who can't sell their homes, they need someone advocating for them because I'm sure they don't like what's going on. But guess what? In these places, these Democrat politicians, they're winning their elections. If people vote for this, then who am I to tell them they shouldn't be allowed to have it, right? That's what I was thinking. You know, I just want to be left alone. I want to, I want to get a piece of land where I can have fun with my friends. We can make our videos. We can skateboard. And I don't got to worry about your lockdowns, your, you know, your resources. I want to be self-sufficient, more environmentally friendly. So we're, 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 you know, we're building things that are going to help create a sustainable living situation, semi off the grid kind of stuff, solar power. I'm super excited for this to be responsible for myself and say, you know what? Finally, I don't want to be in your city. Your cities are destructive. They suck up resources. They're extremely expensive. The, the cities, for the most part, are the problem. When we talk about police brutality, when we talk about environmentalism, all of these causes the left talks about, it's the cities that are the problem. Well, I should say more so. I mean, I think everyone contributes in certain ways. So if I leave and, and, and even before I did, you know, because I voted in, I was still in Jersey for the most part before I voted. If, if, if people there want to vote for these Democrats, okay, I respect that. I do. I don't want it. So I'll leave. I voted for what I wanted. I didn't win. Well, I can sit there and scream and say, you should all change for me. Or I can say, I voted. I made my arguments. I was there for some time. I didn't win those arguments. You can stay and keep fighting. And that's respectable too. Or you can say, maybe I should go somewhere where at least there's more like-minded people. So when we see Antifa and the cast and the violence, how dare you, Ted Wheeler? 
How dare you defend Antifa for months and then these people invested in burning down businesses in your town and now you're going to turn around and figuratively knife them in the back? I got to say figuratively, it's YouTube. You know what I mean? Let me read this story. Now, listen, I'm being a bit facetious. Obviously, the riots, the cast and destruction are a bad thing. But if you vote for it, why should imagine if you lived in an area and they voted for no gun control at all? No, no just literally do whatever you want. There are many places that are like that. What, how would you feel if a bunch of people were like, these people are crazy and we should come in and send in the police and shut down? They should not be, not be allowed to do that. You'd be like, I don't live here. You don't live here. OK, well, I think the riots are, are awful and I think people are suffering because of them. But hey, you know, if you vote for it, why should I argue you shouldn't have the right to choose to allow black clad uh, lunatics running around smashing up your, your lives? Now their vote is being trampled on by this despot Ted Wheeler. How dare he? Anyway. Let's read and see what's going on. There's more news, too, obviously. Nancy Pelosi's house was vandalized, so you reap what you sow, Democrats. Oregon Live says, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler on Friday promised a tougher response to people who commit violence and vandalism. In a press conference organized after two successive days of people damaging property and clashing with police downtown. He said, we need more accountability and we need to hold people responsible for their criminal conduct. Well, you could have done it last year, right? No, he wanted to hurt Donald Trump, as most of them did. Let me show you a little bit what he said. We got a tweet from Andy now. Andy says, in his New Year's presser, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler admits that his efforts to de-escalate and compromise with Antifa have failed to yield results. He condemns the violent extremist movement by name and calls for more to be done. My Check good faith efforts at de-escalation have been met with ongoing violence and even scorn from radical Antifa and anarchists. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Ted, you're making a mistake here, buddy. Everybody knows Antifa's a myth. I mean, Nadler said it, remember? The de- to Flecka, he said, no, no, that's a myth. There's no Antifa violence. Antifa's not even a group of people. It's just an idea. What are you, Ted, Ted Wheeler, just making stuff up. In response, it will be necessary to use additional tools and to push the limits of the tools we already have. Push the limits of the tools we already have. Now, what does that mean? What are the tools that you already have? And what does it mean pushing the limits? I'll tell you this. I got my issues with Antifa and I've complained about them left and right because they destroyed businesses of regular people. They seized land and, the, you know, in the autonomous zone and the people who are there are like, yo, we don't like this. And they go around attacking people. It's, it's, I've seen more my share, more than my fair share of Antifa being psychotic and hurting innocent people. Going up to regular private citizens and supporting establishment mega corporations. How amazing is that? And where's where's they want to argue agent provocateurs and all this other nonsense. I tell you this, Antifa, if you won't come out and stop those who would attack old people and defend corporations, you're the bad guys. I love what they say. They say, if you have 1300 good cops, but and you have 12 cops who are bad and committing crimes. But those 1,300 cops won't call out the 12 bad cops. Then you have 1,312 bad cops. Get the joke? 1312 is code for ACAB. All cops are bad. They use a different word for the B, but you get the point. Okay. If you have 100 anti-fascists who are fighting against fascism and you have 10 that are violently beating innocent people and burning down innocent people's property and their homes and their and their businesses, then you have and, and, and those 100 fascists, anti-fascists won't stop them. 
then you have 110 bad anti-fascists, or I should just say pseudo-fascists. I know they're not nationalists. Fine, whatever. But they may as well be, be totalitarian despots. Wheeler said he will organize a meeting with local and state law enforcement as soon as next week to determine how best to respond to anarchist violence in the city. He called for the state legislature to pass a law in its upcoming regular session to increase penalties for people who repeatedly vandalize property. The mayor also said Portland might need legislatures, legislators to change state laws to allow increased city surveillance, although he provided no specifics when pressed for details. New city commissioner Mingus Maps joined Wheeler and law enforcement officials at the press conference and said they marked both the beginning of a new year and a new chapter in Portland history. We are the ones who get to write this chapter, said Maps, who noted the last year has been marked by uh, marked by police violence as well as the highest number of shootings in the city that he could remember. Let's make the story about recovery. Let's make the story about peace. After months of nightly protests against police violence in Portland, protests had died down during the winter. Many of those demonstrations were large and peaceful. Oh, peaceful. (laughs) Many, not most. Many. You see what they're saying there? Isn't that funny? Many. We had 130 days and many of them. What is many? Five, six, ten? No, not most. That's right. Most protesters leaving before smaller groups clashed with police. Oh, so even the ones they're saying were peaceful still had clashes with police. Bravo on that writing, Oregon Live. Maps, who is the third black man on the Portland City Council in city history, thanked peaceful protesters and said, I literally could not would not be here at this podium if people had not protested for racial justice throughout history. He distinguished those demonstrators from vandals sweeping through Portland neighborhoods. Oh, congratulations, Black Lives Matter. The police are on your side now. Antifa, you're the bad ones. Okay. Wheeler sought to put the focus on businesses harmed by the vandalism and cast the people who gathered downtown as extremists seeking to cause destruction and violence rather than promote change. Huh. About that. That's exactly what we've all been saying for some time. And the only reason, in my opinion, they didn't do anything was because Trump said it was bad. So they said, no, Trump, you're bad. We're going to defend the extremists. Don't you love it? They goes on. They go on to say, uh, Wheeler sought to put the focus on businesses harmed by the vandalism and cast them as extremists seeking to cause destruction. He described the crowds in recent days as violent Antifa and anarchists and said they were rampaging through downtown, causing tens of thousands of dollars of damage to taxpayer and private properties, including damaging businesses struggling to stay afloat during the pandemic. What a duplicitous scumbag. That's why I'm saying I'm half joking. You know what? No, I'm on Antifa side on this one. They were given guarantees and promises by this man, and he's turning his back on them after everything they've done for you, destroying small businesses so that you can sit there and laugh as you watch the suffering in your own city. How dare you turn your back on your own goon squad? Police Chief Chuck Lavelle and Multnomah County Sheriff Mike Reese made similar characterizations. I'm sick of it. I am absolutely sick of it. How disgusting are these people that they sat back and they watched Antifa burn buildings to the ground, smash their windows, light their property on fire. And he said, no, Trump is the bad one. That's right. Well, I tell you this. Do you think Antifa is just going to stop and go away and be like, oh, gee, I'm sorry there, Mr. Wheeler. We didn't mean to cause all these problems for you. We thought we were fighting fascism. Now we'll leave. No, no, they're going to get angry now. They're going to be angrier. But there's a difference. 
Now that the duplicitous scumbags like Ted Wheeler, who will lie to your face, spit on the Constitution and punch you in the gut, now that they've secured their position and the orange man is gone, now they're going to turn around and say the boot comes for the rest of you. So you see, you see that's the, the scumbaggery of these people. Now, I'll be honest with you. Don't get me wrong. Antifa needs to be stopped. But what's at, at, at this point, I tell you the whole the, maybe you throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. If we've known for some time that Antifa was causing all this destruction and violence and the people vote for it, you got a very serious problem. Unless the people were like, no, trust us. As soon as Trump's gone, we know that Ted Wheeler will do the right thing. So you've got this duplicitous snake of a politician. They're all bad, every one of them, and they deserve each other. So I'll tell you this, you know, part of me, I'm gonna say, I'll I'll sit back and watch as Antifa panics now. Oh, no, our institutional support is fading. Yeah, okay, well, forgive me if I don't seem to care all that much in in total honesty. But man, do I just really detest people like Ted Wheeler. Talk about the worst kind of politician who would let you suffer for his political gain. Man, these people are criminals, if 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 you were to ask me. Now, these cops are coming out and they're saying the same thing they've been saying. How would how could you work for this man? You know what? People have no principles, no integrity, and would probably punch their own mother in the face if someone offered them enough money. That's what I see when I when I that's what that's what I see when I look at these people like Ted Wheeler. That guy would probably punch his mom in the gut and push it on the stairs if you offer him enough of cash. That's the kind of person you elect and you get. And you know what? He ain't the only one. You also got Nancy Pelosi. I love this story. Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home vandalized with graffiti, severed pig's head. I say love, not in the sense that I think it's good. No, this is screwed up and, and people should not do this. But there's some really funny things that have been pointed out. Notably that for some reason, I don't know if you can see this graffiti, right? This this photo, it's really small. Maybe we can make it bigger. Okay, there you go. A little bit bigger. Take a look at this. You can see on the right that the spray paint doesn't go onto the brick. <laughs> What's up with that? A lot of people are pointing this out, being like, 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 what is this? You know, there's there's a circle with an A, but for some reason, the spray paint line stops right in front of the brick. What, what is that? What is, what is it? Did they the did ha- they tape it off? That's what people are joking about. I don't know, but I don't know how you do that. That's impressive. You have spray paint. You're spraying, and then they just stop at the brick. Okay, sure, fine. I guess they wanted to make sure they didn't get her brick spray painted. Whatever. The new year brought a disturbing discovery to Nancy Pelosi's house early Friday morning. While vandals spray painted her house and left a severed pig's head in front of her garage. The rent. The graffiti says, "Cancel rent, and we want everything." Well, it says two K. Cancel rent. We want everything. Neighbors say while they understand the frustration over politics on Capitol Hill, and they say this type of vandalism doesn't help resolve anything. I don't think that this is a useful way to go about it. And it's a terrible start to this new year when we're hoping for less anger and hatred than we've had to deal with for last year, said Audrey Carlson, a neighbor for Speaker Pelosi. Why should I care if Antifa is targeting Nancy Pelosi? Democrats don't seem to have a bad word for these people. Nadler said it's a myth. Jerry, is this a myth too? Sure. I'm just going to go with what Jerry Nadler said. This is not real. It's not really happening. And who are these people to come out now complaining? Oh, no, we're being attacked by Antifa. Yo, we've been screaming about this all year. Ah, but now you see Nancy Pelosi, Nadler, they don't care about you. 
They don't care about your suffering. They care about their opportunity to trick stupid people into voting for them. And this is the curse of this country. Low information voters voting for things they don't understand, manipulated by psychopath despots like the likes of Pelosi and Nadler and Joe Biden. 47 years, Joe Biden corrupted this country and sold it out with a smile on his face, lying left and right. And now you got 20 something year olds who aren't smart enough to understand the legacy of Biden just going, but the orange man is bad because the TV told me so. Congratulations. You figured it out. Trump is bad. And they end up voting for these people who are substantially worse. Trump's got his problems. That's why I've never been a MAGA hat wearing, Trump flag waving Trump supporter. I voted for him simply because he was pushing back on a lot of this psychotic stuff from the Democrats. But more importantly, as I've stated time and time again, my vote for Donald Trump was not because I think he's a great man who's clean and not corrupt and draining the swamp. (laughs) On the contrary, I've said over and over again, he's a bull rampaging through the ivory tower. And I'm going to sit back, put my feet up and say, whatever. At the end of his term, uh, or, or just before the election, Trump was trying to get our troops out of Afghanistan. And I like that. Trump is favor of school choice. I like that, too. And Trump signed an executive order getting rid of critical race theory in certain uh, cases in the federal government. And I said, you know what? I'll take what I can get and I'll let the bull rampage through the ivory tower. Then these 20 something progressive types are making these YouTube videos where they're like, well, I don't know anything about Joe Biden because I was a little kid when he was in when he was in the presidency. But I'm going to vote for him anyway, because establishment, you always know what's best. Is that it? That's that's the issue. You think Trump and McConnell have always been friends? I've said repeatedly I've never liked McConnell or Lindsey Graham. I've called Lindsey Graham duplicitous several times. So where's the principle of any of these people? There is none. But I love it, though. I love it. I love I love I love when uh, the progressives pull clips out of context from me. And it's because they have to. It's the only thing they can really do. Right. So like the latest is, you know, I criticized the, the nurses who are dancing on the graves of the de- the COVID dead. And so uh, basically what I said is you, you're in a hospital. Hospitals are being overwhelmed. People are crying. There's a photo of a doctor hugging an old man. And then these nurses are like, let's do a choreographed dance routine. Yeah, you're, you're dancing while people around you are suffering in total misery. And so that's my criticism. Nothing against the vaccine. Uh, in fact, I've re- repeatedly said this is Trump's success. Good. If you want to get it, go get it. You know, wonderful. T- uh, listen to your doctor. You know, your doctor will tell you what's best for you. So what do they do? The left, Young Turk specifically, make a segment lying or, you know, I'll, I'll be careful, misleading people as to what my opinions actually are, because they can't actually criticize what I'm saying because they know I'm right. They know I'm right when I say there are videos on YouTube of people watching the dancing and they're like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? And they're and they're complaining about it. And that's what I highlighted. They don't show you that, though. They show you a tweet, you know, where I say, wow, most people had comorbidities and then they claim it's a right wing talking point. OK, right wing. Well, as most of you know, I'm actually I actually find Medicare for all preferable to free market private health care. Yeah. What are you going to say about that? That's right wing. I'll say it right now and I'll, I'll let, me, let, me, let me break it down for you. I think we need base level care for everyone in this country and it will be expensive and we need to find find a way to reform it. I'm not entirely confident it's possible, but I think Tulsi Gabbard has a really good position on it. We get basic level care with private insurance like most countries do. Progressives don't like that. They want to ban private insurance, but no one does. That's an extreme position. 
I think it would be great if you broke your arm, if you got the flu, you go to the doctor, you're taken care of. There could be wait times, but at least we don't have people dying in the street. I'm in, I'm in favor of these things. I'm in favor of many social programs. I just think we need to clean them up, clear out the bloat, get rid of the corruption, and it's a hard thing to do. But I'm a right winger, apparently, they say. Why? Because I'll point out on principle the lies, the smears, and the manipulation from the fake progressives at the Young Turks. You know, who, you know who's a real progressive and a real leftist is Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore, who's actually fighting for principle and fighting for Medicare for all, even though he, he wants to ban private health insurance. I don't think it's a good idea. I think you need a healthy balance and we got to get rid of the corruption. But you know who's a fake progressive? Well, the Young Turks. They make up fake videos. They lie. And this is what you see when you have these people in politics. You have Nancy Pelosi, Nadler, and these other scum, these other scumbags getting voted in. Nancy Pelosi is going to be Speaker of the House, Speaker of the House again, because the, the, the fake progressives, the likes of the Young Turks, pretend like, but we have to stop the Republicans. At least Trump stood up for what he believed in. And, and, and Mitch McConnell hates his guts. I don't like the established Republicans. I think Lindsey Graham and, and Mitch McConnell are awful. And they've been. And what do they do other than obstruct? I've said it over and over again. Why don't you take a compilation of that of me saying Mitch McConnell is just obstructing everything from the Democrats? Oh, because it doesn't fit your narrative. Because when it comes to issues of principle, these people have none. You know who does? Jimmy Dore does. He's a good dude. I respect that guy. We probably have disagreements. Crystal, Crystal Ball and Kyle Kalinske, both really good people as well. That, those are the progressives who actually have principle, who would argue intelligently for their cause. I disagree with them on a lot of positions, but not completely. The problem I have is, these people keep getting into power. I don't care for Mitch McConnell getting into power. And I don't care if he retain at this point, I don't care if he retains Senate majority leader position. In fact, I don't even think he deserves it. I'll tell you this. The, the Republicans used Trump and would not get behind him for anything. So you know what? You reap what you sow, all of you. Ted Wheeler, Mitch McConnell, I don't care. Y'all, you, you get what you reap what you sow. I'll put it that way. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com forward slash TimCast. It is a different channel. If you type that in, you will be pleasantly surprised. Go to that channel, youtube.com slash TimCast. Subscribe, and I will see you there at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out.